This is Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, gentlemen, tempted as I am to turn this into a curling-themed podcast after our uh, Courier columnist's fantastic success out in Beijing, gold medal no less. Jim, when are you getting yourself a medal, by the way? Come on, the standards for our columnist. Come on, come on. Eve, Eve is in a different classroom. I might get it for harmonica, harmonica playing or something like that, but I'm afraid curling is highly unlikely. And anybody's seen me uh, as a, a... World champion uh, on, the, on the motorbike? Saw me as a youth... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's entirely possible, a Vespa scooter or something like that. But no, listen, you know... You ever had a go we, at the we, old curling, we, have you? We, um, I, yes, I have. Um, I have up at Jures uh, uh, in Perth, of all places, but... Um, and you know what? It, it, it's actually it's one of these sports that it's, it's a wee bit like bowls. I keep thinking I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind taking that up, you know, and doing that. But so many other calls on my on my time, Eric. That's the problem, you know. Between the motorbike and the scooter. I grab Douglas was saying the same the other day when we were doing his column. He's he's quite fancying it. And, and Callum Davidson, oh, he's he's gone curling mad during Has he? during the Winter Olympics. You couldn't you couldn't get him to concentrate on our on our press conferences, and then after the uh, after the win on against Hearts on, on Saturday, the first the first thing he wanted to speak about was what was going on in the curling. So, yeah, no, it did. It, it's, it's done very well. You know with, what? Uh, I, I think that's one of the great things about the sporting environment when people kind of, you know, reach across the, you know, the um, the, the various elements of sport that, that, you know, we're all involved in. And let's be honest, we you know, we don't have that many kind of absolute world-class stars. So when, when Eve um, and the team do that, that's just fabulous. It really is. I mean, you know, we should blow it from the rooftops because it's a brilliant achievement. It was great. I thought you were going to say you, when you when you tried it, it was in one of those grand matches on a frozen loch about <laughs> no. 50 years ago, but no, I've not done one of them for a while. <laughs> uh, climate change sort of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that as well. Yes. Right, anyway, we will we will get straight into the uh, straight into the football. So all, all our curling fans can can switch off now. It, uh, well, Saints uh, Eve's team, St. Johnston, uh, we've got to start with them because I'm I'm hesitant to take it too far because you know I, my, my gut instinct is still if somebody was to put a gun to my head I still think we're probably the odds are more on it being still being that head-to-head with with Dundee that it was, it's been shaping up for for months but you know it feels like a long time since we've been able to speak about the prospect of anything else so I think it did feel though it did feel like a like a a very very big i was going to say match but just just uh, occasion because it it was McDermott Park was back to what it used to be like because of course all oh, St Johnston's big successes of last season were were behind closed doors and then we got the european nights but they're different type of occasions this was you know to see fans and players sort of together again in terms of one and Callum Davison put it quite well you know in terms of you know both bringing out the best in each other and and getting the result that, you know, holding on at the end to get the result that deserved. It did, Jim. It felt like a, it felt like a significant afternoon. I don't know about you being a bit of a, not being at the game and just kind of picking up on it from out, out with. I, I think, Eric, it's, um, it's a very significant um, 
game, a very significant result. Isn't it bizarre that the two sides slugging it out at the bottom of the table have both beaten the third best side in the country? Um, yeah, well, you know, home, a, on, a fact that's not been lost on Hearts fans, by the way. <laughs> a, a, absolutely, no, that's that's right. But I mean, the, their concern, you know, their concern is not ours. Uh, but I mean, I, I think it was, um, you know, g- given the way the, the the game. I mean, Saints went up after a minute, didn't they? Um, with, they with, did, yeah, with, less with, than with Crawford. You know, and they were pulled back very quickly and showed that kind of terrific resolve. With, you know, my cart putting them ahead and then kind of, you know, going on to to take the result. I mean, th- th- there are. I can, look, we've all covered the game long enough to know there are sometimes just seminal moments in a season which just turn it for you, you know. Um, and you kind of you do wonder if this might have been one of them with Saints. Um, I mean, I, I just all season we've been kind of saying, I think the, the ability is there. You know, the, now there's a couple of things that have happened. We know that at Dens. Managing director panic, change manager, Steve Brown for his occasional faults. You know, Steve Steve hasn't he hasn't panicked. He's sat there, he's backed his man, maybe a wee bit later than people would have liked in the transfer window and all the rest of it. New faces are in. Callum hasn't panicked. That's that's that, that's you know, Mr. Kind of calm under pressure. He hasn't panicked, you know. And maybe just maybe that was the turning point. Um on last Saturday that uh, you know that, that one against uh, a very very strong heart side uh, might just be the, the seminal point in the season for them where they managed to turn it. I mean it's not by any manner of means uh, sort of jet Eric and you, you'd have to say Saints and Dundee still look like the two sides mm-hmm. that are going to battle it out as to who goes down automatically and which ends up in the playoffs not, you know not beyond the realms of possibility that that might not be the case um, but you know you, there's still a four point gap obviously between Saints uh, and Ross County who are, who are kind of next bottom well 10th you know third bottom if you want Dundee um, have got that even bigger gap albeit they have a game in hand but um just that I think maybe a seminal point in the season to go, you know, had they beaten Ross County or Olivia around about them, that would have been great as well. But to go and beat Hearts, I think, you know, who'd come, you know, who who, who kind of seemed to be kind of the wheels coming off a wagon wee bit, um, I think was a big, big win for, for St. Johnson, for Callum in particular. And, 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 and you know, see when you talk about, I mean, I know that fans don't score goals and all the rest of it, but when you get that sense of togetherness through something like that, which I think seems to have kind of, I mean, there oh, seems to be a real, kind of, a real, it's a very powerful thing. You know, emotion kind of drive um, uh, that, that seems to have kind of ga- it seems to have garnered um, uh, after that result. And then, listen, in fairness, St. John's there have been some Saints fans you get every club that have been kind of moaning about the manager and, and the chairman and all the rest. But by and large, it's been a pretty kind of strong um, coming together of the Saints fans during the season. And, and why would it not be given you know <laughs> given what they've done, come off the back of a cup double? Um, and I, I just wonder if that might be the game that just kind of. You know, just um, just just tips them and, and saying that. Who knows? I mean, you know, it's uh, uh, it's difficult fixture after difficult. You can't fixture, look too you far. Know? You can't look no. too far. No, Indeed. of course you can't. But in terms of in terms of the actual the the footballers, Sean, the, you can you can take this in umpteen different directions. There's obviously Melker Halberg has been spoken about in this podcast before. I've written about him plenty as as did you when you you covered the Livingston game. You can look at you can look at the fullbacks, the sort of wingbacks. You know that again. That's been a recurring theme, particularly down the right-hand side of this of this podcast. During that that long barren run that they were on, the ten-game losing streak. But I think, I think, just as crucial has been the uplift and the return to, well, not just returning to what we knew they were capable of, of the likes of Jamie McCart. Glenn Middleton, and to lesser extent, 
Ali Crawford, you could put him in there as well because he's not a double winner. But we'll start, speak about the double winners because they're the ones whose reputations were were kind of on the on the slide after after doing so much because, you know, we all knew how, how good a player they were and are. Jamie McCarr and, and Glenn Middleton are becoming very, very important players again for St. Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamie McCart was, was great uh, against Hearts and he, and he has been much improved. And Well, you go right back to Kelty, so post-Kelty. Um, He's not really been bad been since the break, Sean, actually. He was he was decent at, at Hearts before Kelty Hearts. And, you know, yeah, you wouldn't, he wouldn't be one you would particularly blame at Kelty, but they were all pretty poor at Kelty. But, yeah. Fair enough. The, the, heart, the Hearts game, I, I, I do think they're, they're, you could... You could say there were question marks over him there and that on that night um, between him. The goals and, came and down his side between him uh, and Booth, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I, I think you could question him there. Kelty, nobody emerges from that with with uh, with much credit, really, and we know that that was the low point. But since since then, uh, I think I think he uh, he has been on the upswing, if you like, in terms of form. Um, and against Hearts, he was he was fantastic, and and Liam Gordon alongside him, and Dan Cleary as well. That that I mean that back three looked to me like like a back three that that was enjoying doing what it was supposed to do, and that's that's defend, and that's really beyond everything else. That was the cornerstone of of what was what gave St. Johnson success last season was the the fact that they had that back three and they were ably supported across the pitch everywhere else as well everybody grafted and worked but those back three just seemed to to love to defend thing is Sean uh, before were, you finish on that one I know for a fact I know that Callum is absolutely loving what he's seen from John Mann as well but he, there's just he can't get him in the team because they are playing so well so there you go you know it says it all well I, I mean it's I mean that's it's not a bad option to have is it if you've got somebody who's 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 working away behind the scenes and, and the manager's impressed with them because I think one of the one of the factors that was impressive about St Johnson last season is that they, they were able to field a pretty consistent team Callum Davidson wasn't able to fill but when he had to change or, or, or when he felt a change was the right thing to do whoever came in I mean in general they slotted in quite nicely uh, and if you've got man there, then that that's that's a good thing for St. Johnson because if they need to, to bring him in, then they've got a guy who who the manager likes and trusts there, and he can come in. But yeah, McCart was um, was really really good against Hearts. I was I was impressed with him, and, and obviously delighted for him to get the goal as well because I think that's that's something that has been lacking uh, so far this season is is opposing a threat from set pieces. There's, there's not been nearly enough of that. Uh, I don't think this season. I mean, for I don't think I've ever seen a team win. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying they won loads of corners and free kicks, but from the ones they've won, I've not seen a team win so few of them once they've been delivered uh, in an attacking sense this season. That's it's really hurt them. So that was a, it was a well worked one. Uh, Hearts defending was was terrible, um, but Jimmy McCart was in absolutely acres, and it's still not an easy header, and he puts it away, and that'll do him wonders. For his confidence, and then Middleton was the other one that you pointed out, and I, I thought he was from the Levy game um, when he came on towards the end and set up the the winner yeah, for Ali that, Crawford. I thought was he was the hungry there. That was the yeah, absolutely. For him. He came on again against Dundee United, 
and uh, he didn't set up a goal that time, but he had a shot. He only came on for five minutes, and I think he had a, a really good effort that I think Benjamin Seagrass saved, or it went just wide um, really late on, and he looked hungry there as well. So he's earned these starts that he's had. Uh, his attitude's been bang on, and against Hearts, he was terrific. He was a huge part of that performance. Um because I, I I put a tweet out I think on Saturday night after the game that said that he 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 ran his socks off, but sometimes that can be that can hide sort of flaws in a performance if if somebody tries a lot. But I don't think that was the case with Glenn Middleton at the weekend. He he did run his socks off, but he did it sensibly and, and he did it when he had to. He didn't waste energy, but he he never let Hearts' defence rest when they had the ball. Um, and that was a huge part of what made the, that entire performance function. So I, I've been really, really impressed with him. Oh, I mean, you could, you could. There, there's nobody in the team that was a failure against Hearts. They were all fantastic, but but those guys were were great, for sure. I think it's, Jim, it's a sign of a, a, a strong it's strong management when, let's let's face it, coming back after the break, you, you wouldn't have had, you would have had a, probably a vast majority of St. Johnston fans who would have been quite happy to see Jamie McCart, Glenn Middleton, and Ali Crawford nowhere near their starting lineup? Um, but uh, Callum Davison thought all three, particularly Crawford and McCart, would be able to show them their true selves with new signings around them. You know, basically, he, he saw the flaws other way. I mean, it's not. It's not, it doesn't sound great if you're. You know, you're needing other players, better players around you to lift your own performances. But he clearly saw that, and and so so it seems to be proving. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think you, you you know trying to identify why guys who have been playing well and part of a consistent squad have gone off the boil, um, and then correcting that. You know, get, getting them back to where they were uh, is one thing. There are many there, there are many elements within that. You know, there's there's a fact that guys psychologically, physically, guys have lifted themselves pretty much to to the plateau of, of, of their abilities. Um, and then there's a kind of there's a downhill slope after that. There's, there's also the fact that you know football players, athletes are human beings as well. They have you know domestic issues like the rest of us. They have a million things going on in their lives as well, and yet they're still expected to perform. Particularly, at, at their, at their, their be always, always thinking of that great old American line that used to talk about their biorhythms. You know, well their biorhythms have got to be right for ninety minutes on a, at a particular time on a Saturday or, or a Wednesday evening or whatever whenever they play. You know, and it doesn't always it doesn't always work. There's a lot of reasons why guys go off the boil, you know, and lose consistency. You try to bring them back to to that kind of long, consistent streak that they were on previously. Uh, and one of the ways you do that, um, you know, is, is by good management. Another way by, you do that is by bringing in different faces because there, there's nothing quite concentrates the mind of a football player like the prospect of, of losing his place uh, or, or, or you know, uh, being... Always being has, always of, will. Hasn't uh, always will, yeah. always has. Absolutely, Eric. You know, uh, uh, being seen, A, on the training ground, but B, more importantly, on the pitch uh, uh, as looking lesser than, than, than a guy who's been brought up from south of the border or from, you know, Denmark or, or wherever, you know, there's nothing concentrates a professional football player's mind like the prospect that you know that you might be losing your place and, and where you go next. And and that redoubles the effort. Um, but the key thing is that it looks as though 
um, well, certainly potentially. I mean, one swallow doesn't make a summer, but it looks as though maybe Saints are, are, are turning that corner because we, we hate the phrase, but I'll use it. We, we really are getting into this, the business end of the season now. I mean, there, there are no there are no points that can you know, clubs can afford to be dropping, despite the fact they obviously will, you know, in the nature of things in that bottom half of the table. But there are no points that clubs can be afford to giving away easily now. So you need everyone everyone in the squad to be absolutely at their best. The guys that have come in, I think, have driven up the performance levels um, uh, of the players who were there, who'd maybe, well, who patently had slipped a bit. But the guys that had slipped a bit are good players. And, and, and you know, and once they can, once they find their equilibrium again, whether it's through, you know, um, just, you know, refinding their, their physical or mental plateau and getting up to where they were again, or whether it's a combination of that, things being sorted out, you know, domestically or whatever, uh, and also other guys kind of bringing the best from them. Um, then I think, you know, the natural competitive element in training and all the rest of it will be bringing the best out of these guys. Um, that It may well be that Saints have just kind of, you know, have, have, have Hit upon the kind of the golden nugget if you want, and and uh, we'll find it over the coming weeks, obviously, Eric. You know, but um, it, it looks positive. I think I'll be honest with you, Sean. Before before Saints against Hearts, and even during the game, I didn't, I hadn't paid any attention to a gap between themselves and Ross County, and I mean, I knew obviously that that, that they were coming up to play Ross County, and then the game after, but it probably shows where my mindset was. I wasn't even thinking about them closing a gap in, in case of it and making it significant. Obviously, if they won, they, they would close the gap if, if Ross County lost. But it, it was totally out of my mind. And I can't remember who it was who, who said or if I checked. And just to see that they would have the potential to get within one point of Ross County kind of shocked me, actually, because I'm, I, I've in my mind, I've been thinking of Ross County Chugging along, winning, drawing, playing very well, you know, drawing against Rangers. I, I, <laughs> I should have just looked at the table, but you know what I mean. I just, I just thought they were totally, totally out of the picture, and this wasn't, this wasn't a fight that St Johnson had any realistic prospect of, not even winning, but just sort of making meaningful. But here we are. They go to Dingwall, they beat them, and they're within one point. That, that's quite. That seems to have happened. Out of nowhere, doesn't it? Or the prospect of that's happening out of nowhere. Yeah, I'm exactly the same as you. I, I call it pessimism or call it realism or, well, perhaps it's proved not to be realism at this point, but it, it felt like it at the time. But I, I didn't I didn't think that getting above 11th was really going to be on the table um, for St. Johnson. I thought, as you say, it's a straight shootout between Dundee and St. Johnson for who finishes bottom and who finishes in the playoff place. And under those circumstances, you would obviously take the playoff place. So that that was kind of the extent of of my hopes um, for St Johnston. Uh, that obviously has changed now. It could equally, very very quickly, <laughs> change again. Oh, of, course could. Yeah, uh, of course it could on Saturday because I mean this this is your six pointer, isn't it? Really, um, you go and you, you St Johnston win. It's one point on Ross County, and that is that is. I mean, ever the dynamic changes. Not just for St Johnston at that point, but for Ross County as well. Um, suddenly, you've got desperation creeping in there. Uh, maybe a few squeaky, <laughs> squeaky bums up in the Highlands at that point, and that that, that can have an impact on how things go. Um, but I mean, a Ross County win, for instance, there we go. We're we're back to seven points behind, uh, and then we're 
were reverting at that point almost to, yeah. to looking at his, the, the battle with Dundee. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, it's it's it just it all goes to to kind of to create this sense that that that, that Saturday for St Johnson and, and uh, Ross County is we've we've had a few of them, but I mean this 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 looks potentially it could be seen as season defining at this point because undoubtedly um, post. Well, yeah, post post break, but post Kelty, certainly there's been an upturn. Turn in general, um, they've picked up a lot more points, a couple of wins in there as well, and uh, it's given this opportunity now. Um, and if the if the there is a feeling after Saturday that, that I agree with you, I was there. It did feel big. It felt like a like a, a big performance and a big result, and it, it felt like an, the atmosphere had shifted. Not just like in the ground on the day, but like in it's like general. like a cloud lifting, it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it did have this feel of something something massive and a, a tone changer. Uh, and if if they can continue that momentum, go up there and win, then then at that point, um, they, they, they've got a real opportunity of, of, of dragging themselves properly to safety. Um, and, and given where St. Johnson looked to be heading uh, through... Sort of November and December. I mean, that would that would be incredible, and, and I, I certainly didn't see that coming. Um, and it would be it would be fantastic vindication for the manager because uh, there there was certainly pressure just, coming yeah. upon him, and there were there were questions being asked of him in terms of his approach tactically. I asked a few myself, um, and and I certainly wasn't alone in that regard. Uh, for for him to to stick with that that system that he was being questioned about bringing in the new players he wanted and and turning the season around that that, that will be he would never do it because he's not the type but uh that would be <laughs> there'll be a dark corner somewhere in his mind where he's going yeah get it up yes. <laughs> well, well, can, uh, I, can I just say Callum because I know you listen I wasn't a question okay <laughs> the, well we'll cross we'll cross those we'll, we'll enter into those dark corners if, uh, if 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 we have to in the next few weeks but for for the moment it's it's still ifs and buts because it's you know Ross County are a good team so we'll see like it say it, this time like Next week we could be speaking about, you know, Dundee having won and Saints being back in the bottom, and it, it being it being that that battle st- still being as it was. Though I don't think what I do what I don't think will change whatever the result in Ross County. And I mean, I suppose Saints could get scalped. I don't think they will. But this is a better team now. This is a much better team than before the before the break. And there is a body of evidence now to suggest that that it's to put it this way. You could have said, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, you could have seen St. Just getting a cut adrift. Never mind of, you know, Ross County, but of Dundee, you know, it was it was going that it was going that poorly. So there has been there has been a change, and it just depends how big that change is going to be. The other the other half of the equation just now, Jim, as as always at the moment, is Dundee. They'd have been quite happy with with they'd have been very happy the way it would have ruined St Johnson fans weekend after they get that win and all of a sudden Dundee had won at Celtic Park or he, or even drawn at Celtic Park and I mean he got his I, I, I don't know what we can take from it Jim I, I, you're a hostage to fortune at the moment with Dundee uh, Eric we all are in terms of what, what just... happens next you know um, what happens next I mean we, we, you know it much depends on how the players yeah, go on make a fool respond, of yourself Jim. you know how the players <laughs> respond to the new Mark McGee um, managership 
period, um, how he wants them to play, whether they can adapt that quickly, whether there's going to be any dramatic changes, whether he can fire them up. You know, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I think we both said, and I've certainly written in the, in, in the Courier Com, that I mean, St. Johnson and Dundee, on, on the face of it, on paper, have both had squads that should not have been in this position, I think, you know. Um, on, on the face of it, I think they should have been further up the table. I mean, I, I think they could have and should have matched the Livingstons and the St Mirrens of this world, perhaps, you know, the, the Ross Counties as well. And yet they found themselves, you know, at what, 26, 27 games in, with only five or six to go until the split, uh, scrabbling about the bottom. And, and it does look, I mean, you know, look, I mean, if you want to be positive, you could say there might be a Dundee United mother will collapse and St Johnson might end up in the top six, you know, <laughs> highly unlikely. And people would ask me what I was smoking, you know. Um, but, I mean, and, and same goes for Dundee. I mean, it might well be that there's a sudden, a sudden splurge. I mean, but I, I don't. I'm not sure. I mean, Charlie Adam is Charlie missing? I think for it looked like he was going to be. I think he might be back. He was going to be missing for the game in midweek, wasn't he? The one that was um, the one that you know fell foul of the weather. He might be back at the weekend. I think that's an important thing um, if he is. Um, but you know, at the moment, you you would want to see um, Dundee over the next couple of games to get a feel for whether or not you know the, the change of manager um, is going to work. Whether whether they're going to get a lift, whether they're going to get that kind of you know um, that that lift that kind of propels them to you know uh, uh, away from the basement. But it's a, it's a big big ask for them. I mean, there's six points adrift to Ross County, albeit they've got a game in hand, <clears throat> um, a couple behind Saints. And again, that game in hand is, is is crucial as well. But games in hand aren't points in the, in the bag. You know, they're two entirely different things. So it's, it's almost a wait-and-see situation with, with Dundee. I mean, the one thing that Mark McGee is not short of and never have been, has been as a manager, is confidence. Now, if he can... I was going to say, can, you're going to come uh, on to the next point, Jim. Well, yes. If he can inject that into the playing squad, uh, and I think there's a, I still think there's a decent playing squad there. I mean, I, I think, you said it long and weary, there are players there, and it would have been interesting to see them against uh, St. Merlin in midweek, but there are players there, I think, you know, who are um, are decent footballers. And, I mean, to go, you know, to go to Celtic Park, I mean, Celtic, you know, Celtic boys will give it the old, we kind of defend set pieces. You know, I always say you only be, you can only, you know, play what you're put up against. So the fact that Dundee um, scored two goals at Celtic Park, you know, through Mullen and Sweeney, I think is very, very, um, very illuminating. I mean, if they can do it against Celtic, I'm pretty sure they can do it against most sides in the league. And and in McMullen and in Mullen, um you know, and young Max Anderson, who I like as well. You know, uh, there's a decent side. I think at the back, they, they look they look to me relatively decent at the back as well. You know, I mean, you're not facing the, the movement and the touch of Celtic every week. So if Mark McGee can uh, can impose his, his system on them, impose, you know, a bit of courage into them as well um, and a bit of fighting ability, then, you know, the season might yet be saved. But it's, you know, to have left it this late. And that, that was the issue I had, I think, with, with John Nelms. I mean, I, I thought that, we said this last week, I thought James McBake was poorly treated. But I accept absolutely the right of of a club to change its manager when they want, as long as they you know contractually weigh them in and 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 do all the, all the right things. Um, <clears throat> however, if they were going to do it, they should have done it much much earlier than they did it. Uh, as it is, they've left themselves with a real uphill struggle. Um, but looking at the squad, you know the, the, the likes of the, the McGins and the Ruddens um, who, who who were on on the bench the other day, I, I still think that there is 
sufficient ability, or there should have been sufficient ability for Dundee not to be in this position, but they are, and only the next two or three games will, will indicate whether or not the McGee thing, I think, is is, is, is going to kind of give them the lift that, that, that they require. So it, it's, it's toss a coin stuff at the moment. I thought that was interesting, Sean, that, that Jim used the word uh, confidence in, ter- in terms of Mark McGee. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Jim's got that from dealings with him you know, out with our orbit, this because he's this is the first time that he's come into one of our clubs. But it really has struck me that, you know, I mean, oh, everybody in football, not everybody in football, most people in football, particularly managers, they do have a, they do have an air of confidence, stroke arrogance that you know that they they've got they back themselves. You've got to back yourself when you're in a in a high profile role like that. But I, I do, <laughs> I do suspect that. Uh, Mark McGee's probably, you know, is probably near the top of the scale as far as that's concerned. It just, I mean, the, the, I was quite taken aback by, I was quite taken aback by his pre-match interview with the BBC that he took umbrage that some Dundee fans would have found his appointment underwhelming and saw that as something that he could, he really wanted to fire back at. It, it, it. Did you get the same? Did you get the same feeling? I mean, he really took it badly. You know, it was as if how it was all. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it was almost as if how dare you type thing, wasn't uh-huh. it? Uh, yeah, it's not the first time uh, he's done that previously in his career as well. Where, where he's, uh, I think he actually. I'm going to say I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I think I, he actually directly told a journalist to go and Google his record at a previous <laughs> job. Um, <laughs> So yeah, he's he's definitely got that in him. You um, would get it out of Google News because most of them were, as we said last week, were a wee bit were a wee bit away. But anyway, that was before he's... Google. A lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, aye, yes. I mean, look, any manager. I mean, regardless of their vintage, uh, and, and Mark McGee's sixty four, so he's he's. Just um, a boy, he's just a boy. <laughs> moving moving towards the upper end of the of the scale at this point uh, when it comes to uh, the age of managers. I think the average age across the premiership now is something is something around about forty six ish. So um he's he's pushing twenty years above what the average is. Um so that that, that says something in itself. He's, he's he's an outlier in that respect and, and he would I'm almost certain suggest that any criticism along those lines would be would would be fueled by ageism. And he, I mean, if you were criticising him because of that, then he would have a point. Um, so he is absolutely entitled to defend his record as a manager. It's completely understandable. He, I mean, in in compiling a piece about the the ups and downs, the highs and lows of his career after he was appointed by Dundee. Uh, when you when you dive back into it, I mean there, there there are, I mean there are lows in there, but there are hell just as many highs as well, and that's fairly representative of of any long standing manager's career. If you can hang about in a career for thirty years, like football management, then you have to have something about you because otherwise you just you wouldn't last that long. It's as simple as that. Um, and, and he has won promotions at, at multiple teams. He's um, won titles. He's he's taken Motherwell into Europe. Um, so he's he's more than more than well, uh, entitled to point that out, um, but I mean that that's that's on paper fair enough. But I think people are in, entitled to be underwhelmed by appointment and appointment if they want to be. Um, and and Mark McGee himself said 
that were it not for his relationship with Gordon Strachan, he 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 wasn't sure that he would be in at a Premiership club in Scotland at this point in his career. Which is why I find it a strange contradiction. You know, it was like he says. You know, it, it didn't stack up. He says, well, yes, I, I probably wouldn't have got this had it not been for Gordon Strachan. But uh-huh. don't you dare be underwhelmed, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are complicated. They are indeed. <laughs> Jim, Jim, I think oh, you will have done Mark McGee post-match plenty of times, I would imagine. I get the feeling that um, it'll be good value in terms of even if they win, but I I get the, I definitely get the impression that if, if things Go south, he'll be box. He'll be box office with a couple of uh, pointed questions after games. Would yeah. that be would that be fair, <clears> I mean, Jim? I, I, I think, and I don't even know it's an age thing uh, uh, with with McGee because he and I are a similar vintage. You know, I mean, I think there comes an age in your life where, frankly, you don't give a monkey's what people think about you. You know, usually <laughs> once the usually once the mortgage is paid. You know, uh, and I, I suspect that Mark McGee is in that uh, you know is in that happy place. I mean, he's probably been there for a good a good long time. I mean, I you know, I mean, I think. Um, you know, I certainly have interviewed him after games, um, both as Motherwell and Aberdeen manager. Um, I remember, I think I said this other week, we, we, we sat when, you know, bear in mind, he took Motherwell to third place in the Premier League. They qualified for Europe. Um, I was on the trip to Nancy when they were there. We sat with him for a good hour, uh, you know, in the morning and, uh, in his hotel, squad of the press guys. Very good. I mean, he's a very intelligent man. You know, he's an intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. And he, and he has, I mean, this, you know, when you talk about being underwhelmed, you've got you've got to ask what your baseline is when, when you're underwhelmed by a man who's managed at Reading, Leicester, Wolves, Millwall, Brighton, you know, and, and being the Scotland assistant boss. I mean, you know, with all due respect to Dundee fans, um, it, it, you know, take aside the way things were done with McPake and all the rest, that, that's an entirely different thing. Um, to be underwhelmed by, by a guy who... Um, has had substantial experience, uh, 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 you know, a, a, a very, very decent, uh, you know, big, biggish clubs, you know, uh, biggish English clubs. I mean, you know, you've got to, you've got to watch. You're not living in kind of Walter Mitty land. He also had, and I know this doesn't apply to his managerial career, but uh, you know. As a player, Mark McGee had a career which very, very few people in Scotland uh, just now, even at Celtic Rangers, could could match. You know, so you, you know, I, I can understand why he would bridle um, at uh, you know the notion that he was some kind of has been or never never has been. I mean, you know, this is a man with substantial pedigree. Um, now, whether it works for him or not, you know, is another thing entirely. And in recent years, you know, you can look and say, well, where has he been? Stockport, Eastburn, Barnet and all the rest of it. Um, people reinvent themselves all the time. And I don't think people lose lose their abilities. What they might lose is they might lose their hunger. They might lose their desire, their appetite. It remains to be seen whether that's the case with him. Um, football football management is, is a perilous uh, position and quite often people in management lose their lose their positions for a million and one reasons. You know, they, they go to clubs where they've got, uh, well, you know, there's a guy like Derek Adam back in, the, back in the game, you know, having left Morecambe to go to, to Bradford where he, he inherited a 30-year-old chairman, you know, full, full, of, full of guff and full of the business, you know, and these things happen in football. You end up working at clubs where, you know, the people over and above you are, or chumps, uh, or, or whatever. Who knows? You know why it kind of went into into a dip for uh, for McGee. The key thing is, I think it would be very, very foolish to write him off, given the kind of pedigree the man has, both as um, as a manager 
as a player and, and as a highly intelligent, articulate individual. I mean, this is you know, this is no this is not a daft lad you were talking about. We're talking about a man with substantial experience. Now it might this might be a disaster at Dens. It might turn out he's the very man to to get them at the mess that they, they you know that they've got themselves into. I mean, only only the coming weeks um, will tell. Sean, I mean, what we described uh, St Johnson's game up in Dingwall as potential, or I think you you did use those potentially season season defining. I mean, good good grief, Dundee's isn't isn't it's kind of in that ballpark as well, isn't it? You know, I'm thinking more if if it didn't go the way they wanted, you know, it's home to Livingston. You, you start to think, well, if we are going to get out of this, you're not going to get, you know, this is this is a good. This is the sort of opportunity you need mm-hmm. to take. Uh, yeah, it is, and it's, it's particularly at the start of <laughs> particularly your first home game as a new manager. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a home game, and they've got uh, quite a good few of them coming up, um, which is in their favour. But that, I mean, that's it's only going to be in your favour if if things are going all right, uh, because as as we've <laughs> as anybody who's sat in the main stand at Dens before knows. If he'll be sat in the main well. stand at Dens. Uh, well, exactly. Mark <laughs> McGee will be there as well. So he'll he'll hear it, certainly. Uh, it, it can be quite a challenging uh, environment created in there for a manager of Dundee if things aren't going to plan. And at the, at the moment, it's not as if you're at a point uh, at the start of a season and it's a new manager and it's a, and it's a clean slate and, you know, therefore you, you've got a certain kind of buffer zone amount of time before the pressure comes on. You, you start... And the pressure is immediate, um, so there there is kind of no wiggle room really. Uh, and yeah, you've got a lot of home games, and you can make that work to your advantage. But you have to make it work to your advantage, and that that means winning winning games, picking up points, putting in good performances. So they've they've had one postponed, obviously. This one is now is now the first one, uh, and uh, and the the attention all goes on to that one because if Dundee can can get some momentum going across this run of games up to the split, as I've said, a lot of which are at home, then being at home will, will potentially give them a huge advantage. Um, and and it's not it's not the be-all and end-all. I mean, you know, Mark, Mark McGee and, and Simon Rusk will have to do their work too uh, in order to make that, that team function in a, in a way, in a more consistent way than it has this season up to now. Um, but that's what they'll be working to do at the moment, and they're if they can start off on the front foot against Livy and, and get three points, then that will go a, a long, long way to shifting the the, the mindset of, of the fans that are going along to watch them. Because uh, if if you if you go in there, and as you say, regardless of the rights or wrongs of it, there are a certain amount of Dundee fans who who are underwhelmed with the appointment of Mark McGee, whether he likes it or not. Uh, so. There is that additional pressure, so he he has to get off on a on a winning start, really, to try and begin that process of of, of winning those fans over. And and he might not see that he has to win them over. He might not think that he should have to win them over, but he does, and that's it. Last uh, question, Jim, on on Dundee, or last thought actually before we move on to United, just occurred to me: was Charlie Adam? You're you'll be you're. You're more the Charlie Adam historian than I am. You know, you followed his life and times a bit more closely. Was Charlie Adam not frozen out of the Scotland picture under the tenure of a certain Mark McGee and Gordon Strachan? I can't remember. Was or am I am I misrepresenting history? I seem to recall I, that being the end. 
of his time as a Scotland player. Sean, can you help yes. me with that one? Yeah, yeah I there you go. Yes, that is so, correct. Yeah. So does yeah. does it have any effect? Would that have any effect, Jim? <laughs> Only time will tell. Um, I mean, Charlie had, uh, was it 26 caps, give or take, something like that, you know, I mean, only time will tell whether or not there's any anything there. I, I, you know, I, I don't think football necessarily works like that when you've got, you know, when you've got a player of Charlie's undoubted ability, um, uh, you know, and, and you're scrapping against relegation. I mean, what, you know, whether he might be in the long-term plans of Mark McGee might be another thing entirely, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, whether they hadn't fancied him as a player or whatever, if there's any history there, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't let that, um, you know, embroil them in, in, in some kind of ludicrous spot uh, and affect their opportunity to remain in the Premiership, which is Dundee's only objective this season. So um, I, I don't think that that would, I mean, that, that would be, if if that was any, if there was any possibility of that, that would be a classic sign of immaturity. And I don't for one moment think that will happen. But then I didn't for one moment think that James McPate would get the sack. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. United then, Sean. I mean, I, I feel, I think we should Listen, Jim's not not indulging. I don't suppose you, you haven't really either. And I mean, I've not I've not been pushing to the edge or anything like it. But you do. I start feeling feeling guilty that we ever have conversations. Doubting Tam Courts that he goes. He's got another point against Rangers. The guy, the guy's just the guy's just doing along. He's doing away I, fine, isn't he? That'll be the blessed damn Courts to you and me and Sean. <laughs> God, Sean. Do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna stick up for myself here because I'm happy enough to hold my hands up. When I, when I, when I, uh, well, in Callum Davidson's case, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite holding them up yet, but I'm certainly, uh, I'm willing, I'm willing to acknowledge that I've questioned up. them, right? So if that gets turned around, fair enough. I don't think I have questioned Tam Courts. No, personally. that's what I'm saying. I'm saying no, I don't think you have. It's either. never too late I'm, to I'm start. Probably, I'm probably speaking more about myself. I'm, I'm, it's probably been me. But, well, we've got to talk about something, haven't we? And they were on, they were on a really crap run for a while. So it was, it, you know, we're. I think we were reflecting how United fans were reacting to him. They were booing him off the pitch yeah. at Dermot Park not that long ago. Yeah, so it wasn't we weren't, yeah. we weren't inventing inventing stories that didn't exist. No. And he was having to defend himself. And he was he was talking. There was times when he was talking about a nonsense as well. <laughs> Let's face it, you know. But <laughs> join the club, unlike he's, unlike yeah. us, <laughs> he's, unlike us, yeah. <laughs> he he should have he should be have time. To, yeah. Anyway, look. So, but. United are continuing to have a season, as far as I'm concerned, Sean. Apart, you know, they've had these dips, but they are ahead of where they probably should be in terms of playing squad and other teams in the league. They're just, it's a, it was another cracking result for them on, on Sunday there, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're, I'm not a Dundee United fan, as we know, but where I a Dundee United fan, I'd be, I'd be more than happy with where they are. But, uh, I've got a number of uh, a number of mates of mine who are Dundee United fans, and they're a hard bunch to please. They really, and they, <laughs> I think they would admit that themselves. Masterly understatement there. <laughs> just <laughs> behind difficult. Hearts, possibly. Just behind Hearts fans, I would suggest. But you know, it's a close Aye. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, but but in looking at it dispassionately, uh, uh, I mean, they're, they're fifth in the league. They're. they're level on points with, with Hibs who are, who are fourth and that would take them into the European places so they are I mean bar, barring being in Hart's position um, which is nine points clear of, of United and Hibs is that what is that is that where you draw the line and say well that's what we that's what we expect um, because where they are in the table is, is 
it's absolutely fine. It's more than fine. They're, they're poised really nicely. And yes, it's very tight in the middle there, but but they're, they're in the right place at the moment. So with that, with in that respect, it's in their hands. And United fans might look at the table and the way that it's pretty tight between sort of fourth right down to kind of ninth, really. Um, there's only three points in that. Uh, so that that that's probably it's it's reflective of a of a level level playing field but that it doesn't say whether the playing field is of a good standard or a bad one and i think that one of the criticisms is that united fans would say that the, the league's crap you know i've heard that a lot from 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 friends who are who are who are criticizing and be that as it may United are, are, are in a decent position within that crap league. So, you know, that, 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 if that's the way you're going to look at it, then that, that's how it is. United are, United have done absolutely fine this season in the main. They've had they've had some uh, spells where maybe they haven't played sparkling football and, and the results haven't been what they would want. But they started off with a terrific run and that's that's given them a, a foothold this season. Um, and, you know, they, they haven't lost in the last four now. Uh, so, it can say that things are moving in the right direction. Yeah, I would say so. I, I don't. What I a United fan, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have huge complaints about how this season's gone, and I wouldn't have huge complaints about Town Courts. And uh, I think there are there are lots of other positives for them to take as well. Um, chiefly around around the way that the stated strategic aim of making the academy like the the cornerstone of the club uh, going forward has has been. Uh, adhered to and how it's played out because I mean you I think it's is it fourteen academy graduates that have that have started in the first team this season for Dundee United, um, some of whom have well Kerr Smith's gone for decent money to Aston Villa with more in the pipeline potentially that there, there are there are other ones Chris Mockery just getting a new contract there so there, there are exciting young players coming through into this side and and w- that being the case I don't I don't. If you accept that that's how your club wants to function, I, I don't think you can expect, you know, stellar, stunning, fantastic seasons every year. But I tell you what's no no half bad as being on the verge of a European place at this point of the season uh, with all those other positives to take. So uh, I, I think things are just fine for Dundee United. Uh, and I, I think Tom, Tom Coates has, has, done a, has done a good job for, certainly for a first season manager up to now. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything huge you could level at him and, and criticise him for. And I think United fans that head down that road are probably being a wee bit harsh. Have you seen them change as a team, Jim? Over the course of the season, have you seen them evolve for 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 better or worse? I, can I just say I will be referring to Tom Courts from now on as Sir Thomas. Um, so, no, I mean I I I think there are some you know Sean raises some intriguing points there. I mean, the, the you know the notion. I actually spoke to someone at the weekend. It was it was moaning about the, the you know the academy setup. There's a guy that uh, I've known for for many many years down in Glasgow. He's a big Celtic man, Saint Anthony Stephen. He, he, I did an interview him years ago. He's a he's a lovely fellow, civil servant guy, kind of heading into my vintage. And he puts some great pictures up every day on Twitter. And we usually have a wee blather about it. And United fans and Hibs fans and you know people whatever picture he puts up put in, uh, get involved in this. And he put up a smashing picture this morning. Dundee United players listening to Jim McLean's words of wisdom in the late 1970s. Now it's taken down at the old. Um, Dundee and Angus College on the guard, you know, Gardine Road on the Yardbrough Road, and you look at the picture, and there are nine, nine local boys. If you count Luggy, who who's kind of you know from what just outside Pit Lockery, there's Addison, Dodds, Milne, Payne, Holt, Hamish, Philip, and Neri. 
uh, all in that squad. All guys, by and large, all guys. I mean, Ian Phillips is slightly different, but all guys that came through that United youth setup through the academy or Hamish is a case coming from junior football and other Now, United are recreating that. They're trying to recreate that. I think they've went through a dip. Um, at no time did that dip look as though it was going to end up at you know, with them being where St. Johnson Dundee are, um, <clears throat> they played some arguably poor football. Although football, in terms of how it's played, to me is always you know subjective. Uh, and they've come through that, and I think um, they've come at the other end stronger. Now, I think there are three things in particular that strike me, and I kind of touched on it last week in my courier column. Mulgrew and central defence restored to his position against Rangers on Sunday um, is just a magnificent defender and a magnificent player to have about your club with experience and ability that he has got. Um, Tony Watt is a marquee signing. You know, he's got pace, he's got ability in both feet, he reads the game, he's not out and out striker, he takes in, he brings people into the game, he can take a goal, he can make a pass. A superb signing. Um, and, and you know, depending on, on how things work out, he wasn't involved at the weekend, but Kevin McDonald is just a step above what United have any right to expect, given the ability he's got in, in midfield, a calm, well-oiled machine of a player. Um, now, none of them are in the first flush of youth, you know, not that they're ancient, but those are three real quality players. And round about them, you've got young boys coming through from the academy, you know, like Ross Graham. I mean, the St. John's Academy, the St. John's kind of, that, that, that whole kind of thing at the moment, you know, the Performance Academy. I, I think United have now gone to the old curtain high. The, my wife's old school, um, can never remember that. Baldragon, I think it is now. Yes, um, somebody will pick me up on that if I'm wrong. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I think they moved up there. But, you're, you, you know, at this, at this kind of stage, you're still finding the guys that came through the uh, the Johnnies, as we call it, in Dundee Youth Academy. And, you know, you, I mean, the players that are coming through, are phenomenal. The Mockrays and the Freemans and, uh, you know, uh, Mickeysons. I mean, just there are some great young players, some great young talent coming through. They'll not all make it to the highest level. Some will fall by the wayside. That's the nature of football. In between that, you've got additions like loan players like Levitt, who is just a class act. Short pass, long pass. Harks, I think, has been reborn to a great extent in recent weeks. I mean, he's got a, a, he's got a great appetite for the game, a great, a great engine about him, a great endeavour about him. Niskanen is now starting to show. McNulty, I thought on Sunday, McNulty was up, really showed the kind... He's not an out-and-out striker. He's not a line leader. But I thought he showed some great intelligent play right throughout the game on uh, Sunday and the, the runs that he made, taking the ball, bringing players in, holding the ball up, you know. So I think United have come through a bit of a, a dark period and have emerged much, much brighter on, on the other side. So, I mean, I, I'm not entirely sure where the critics of Tam Courts are coming from for his first season in top flight management. I can think of dozens of, of managers that have got much, much greater supposed pedigree who wouldn't have done as good a job. Yeah, and I think the, the obvious comparison at the moment is because they're playing Aberdeen on Saturday, Sean. It, it, I mean, we're on top of United, obviously, more than we are with Aberdeen. And Aberdeen are bringing through players as well. But, you know, United are certainly, you know, you wouldn't, you, if you were, a, if you were a, a kid or a parent of a kid coming through, you know, maybe sort of living where Ryan Gold or John Souter used to live, you know, bet, between the two, You'd be, you could certainly make a case for going to United over Aberdeen, couldn't you? I mean, I'd maybe, maybe be a toss-up given you know the the fullbacks that have come are coming through and the young lads. Connor Barron looks a player, you know. So, but it's it's all you can it's all you can ask, isn't it? To, if you've got if you've if if you're basically being 
you know, one of the places in Scotland to, to send a to send a young kid to play their football, doesn't that's as good as you can ask for, really. It, it is, and what, what United can say, um, that this season even, they can point to it, but it, that Aberdeen can't quite to the same extent, is that the, the United can say to a parent, you know, if, if, you're, if your kid has some level of ability, he will get a chance with us. Um, and, it, I mean... And yes, and if if what follows the 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 blooding in the first team is is interest from elsewhere, and again we have a history of of, of selling players from our youth academy to to clubs in England and elsewhere for good money, and therefore good money for the player involved as well himself, then uh, that's a highly attractive proposition, and I don't think Aberdeen can quite point to a track record in the same way that United can. Uh, and yes, yeah, Aberdeen have got a, a, a couple of uh, youth products in their side. At this point, that was that was part of the the remit that, that Stephen Glass was given uh, when he was brought in as manager by Dave Cormack. And uh, I don't see that changing with Jim Goodwin. I think it'll be very similar. It'll bring these guys through. That wasn't something that, that, that Derek McInnes was tasked with doing and it, and it wasn't something particularly that he, that he seemed to relish doing. He did yeah, have... Doesn't, uh, doesn't play to his strengths, does it really? No, no. I think he did. A, he had a collection of... Of, of of youngsters that they went through during his time there that he that he would throw on off the bench with sort of ten minutes to go every now and then. Um and there was Scott McKenna who came through and, and, and played and was sold indeed uh, at centre half. He was sort of an exception really uh, during Dent McInnes's uh, time in charge. So that that is changing up at Aberdeen but United have got a firm track record and that is that is a major selling point for them, and and the, the evidence of this season with with fourteen academy graduates being used in that first team is uh, it's 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 way beyond anything Aberdeen can point to. Yeah, Jim, the last word on United and Tam Courts just occurred to me there. What a, I mean, to this really makes managers look good as well. And we we, we briefly touched on a very busy podcast last week where we were catching up on a load of issues, and we had Alan Temple with us. And I, I briefly mentioned Ross Graham, but because for a, for a manager of a, I mean, it's so unheard of for a, a, a boy to be sent on loan to a team, the division below, and a struggling team, the division below, to be brought back and then become one of the stars of the team. I'm talking about Ross Graham here. I mean, that doesn't have to make a manager look good, doesn't it? I mean, it makes Peter Grant look absolutely awful but it really really makes Tam Courts seem very very good to get to a to bring this young lad's confidence up to such a state that he you know you can even consider him for the first team I mean he'd be thinking I'm you know that that, that young lad would have been thinking where's my career going have I got a career you know I'm not good enough to play in the team at the bottom or near the bottom of the the championship how on earth am I going to make it through at Dundee United so Tam Courts has got he's got his confidence back and and he's made and I'm not saying he's making him look like a good player because he obviously is a good player, but it's isn't half a feather in his cap, is it, Jim? I I, I think so. And I mean, ultimately, how do you, you know? I mean, ultimately, how do you measure 
um, a man as a manager of a, of a football team, as a coach. I mean, so, you know, somebody who is, is not well disposed, um, shall we say, I think, you know, say to me at the weekend, oh, you know, courts has got to play players, you know. I, mean, I, I <laughs> you know, the, 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 the situation at Tannadice is you've got a sporting director, a manager and all the rest of it. It's a different type of model, I think, from what we've been used to. This, you know, the, 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 the whole youth academy um, structure, um, you know, relies on, you know, making good loan signings, guys from abroad occasionally, but it's going to rely on producing players of the likes of Ross Graham's capabilities. Now, that, that's something that's been in the pipeline a long time. This hasn't just started, you know, this didn't just start in fairness. Um, a lot of these players are now coming through a system that was there before the current ownership um came into being. But yeah, that's the that's the line they want to go down. So when you've got a young man who, you know, I mean you know at the age that Ross Graham's at, you know, you should be kind of full of confidence and all the rest as well. But they are still young men. They're finding their feet. They're finding their way in the world. They need good proper coaching, they need good adults, they need sensible people around about them, kind of instructing them, teaching them, you know, um, listening to their issues, listening to their problems, but also giving them hope that, you know, that, that you know, irrespective of what's going on, we in Lonnie, the torrid time or a miserable time out at Dunfermline, you know, we believe in you. That The greatest thing you can ever have, whether you're a journalist or a brickie or what, is, is a gaffer that believes in you. Now, that's the most important thing. Somebody actually thinks you've got capabilities and is prepared to trust you. And I think that, you know, it appears to be very much the case, certainly with Graham and other young players, that United United have that, that Courts and Tony Asgard above them, the sporting director, have that confidence in young players. And that that's that's a great place to be. I mean, you're seeing young boys, you know, who was it signed just the other day? Um Signed uh, uh, an extension to the contract. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yes. So you know, so you've got a situation where young guys are keen to be tied up because they're enjoying being part of something that they see going somewhere. And they also know, let's be blunt, because professional footballers are, 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 are you know, they're businesses, they're one man businesses. They want to go as far as they can in the game to make as good a living as they can as well. So they're at a club where they're getting a chance to do that. You know, and and now clubs all over the UK know the situation here. They, they always did in farm. United always had a good youth setup. You know, it kind of, you know, like most youth setups, it, it has its peaks and troughs and all the rest of it. At the moment, it's looking very, very good again. Uh, and that's the model that United have got. That's the business model. They want to bring the boys through, sell them on, and then selling them on, it becomes a self-perpetuating cycle. And selling them on, you can continue to run a good youth system, bring other ones through, keep a decent first team, but also bring money in. Um, because, you know, you cannot rely, you can't consistently rely on the model that um, that has burst Scottish football for so many years. I mean, Mark Ogren has, has, has put his, like Tim Keyes at Dens, he's put his money where his mouth is. But, you know, the man must have put, what, 10, 12 million quid into Tannadice at the moment. I sometimes wonder if he thinks, why the hell did I get involved in this? Because it's, you know, football is just a cash cow. Um, and it's got to be prepared to try to stand on its own two feet eventually. And the way you do that uh, is by bringing good young players through who you can sell on. But you've got to be able to do that on a regular basis. And they've also got to be able to play them in the first team and and put them in the shop window. That's the game that they're in. Sean, we'll finish up with uh, with our broth before we we move on. And it's it struck. We did say that it felt like you know if they were if they, I don't know if we actually said if they're going to win the title they need to beat uh, Queen of the South, but it, it felt like a a really important game for them to just to kind of get that momentum going again after the, to make sure that the season's high wasn't the home win against uh, against Kilmarnock. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a disappointing result for them. And I, it brings to mind seeing that our broth are going away to 
to Morton now, which is an even even tougher tougher game, but another one nearer the bottom than the, than the top. Uh, it's like the old, it's like the golfer, isn't it? When you when you miss a six foot putt along your next hole, you know it has a funny way of giving you another one, doesn't it? It's it's another of these type of games, isn't it? That if they don't win, it just it'll sap that belief that they can actually just finish the, finish the job off, particularly with. Kilmarnock sorting themselves out now. Though. Yeah, there, there's it, now there's definitely a feeling of of uh, pressure. Is the right word? It's almost like you're you're again. It's like a, a transformational point potentially in a season. It could it could swing one way or the other. Uh, I think we'd, last week we sort of highlighted the fact that you watched our growth all season and wondered, oh god, is it going to fall away? Is it going to fall away? And, and it never did. It was it was the consistency was there. There was no panic. It just it was. It, sort of plain sailing not that there was no effort involved there was lots of it but you know results wise they just they just kept clocking them up bringing the points in and when you get to past uh, the new year and into sort of mid-February and they're still hanging on you think right oh, well this is this is it now this is when it gets real uh, and it is getting real now uh, because Kilmarnock are, are now well and truly breathing down their neck Um and I think we said when Derek McInnes came in at, at, at Kilmarnock that with his experience, although perhaps it wasn't quite as emphatic as we might have thought that, that he would sort of turn it and, and get them going in the right direction. But it looks to me like he has done. And Kyle Lafferty certainly hasn't harmed him uh, coming in and, and scoring the goals that he has. He's absolutely on fire. And actually, I think his overall record across his last, this spell and the last one at Kilmarnock, he's got 18 goals in 19 games now. You take that. Which is... Uh, yeah. Quite something at that right, at that level. So stop him if you can, uh, and that that may well be the key to stopping Kilmarnock and, and and that title charge. But our both, yeah, they've they've got to go away down to Morton, um, and they've they really, you know, they could do with a win um, now, uh, either to either to open up some distance or just make sure that they're that they're still uh, hanging in there, and not falling away. And, and Morton, yeah, they're they're nearer the bottom. Um, of the league in the top, but actually, and and in, in, in the middle now, really. Post they? post post New Year, yeah, they've, there's been a real real turnaround there uh, under uh, Dougie Emery. Uh, I believe he's Championship Manager of the Month last month. I think was he? Or was it this month? One of the two. Can't remember, but they, <laughs> they've certainly they've done exceptionally well recently. So that is that is by no means a, an easy task uh, that's facing them. So what, I mean, not, what they need to do is sort of just do what they were doing earlier in the season you know and, and it's, diff- it's the, the easiest thing in the world to say and the, the, the hardest thing in the world to do especially when circumstances are changing and pressure's mounting up but you know if they can just remember what they're all about and, and the, 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 there's great ability in that side and they are capable of going down there and getting a win so yeah it's it's the pressure is coming on them a bit now and it's about how they react to it they've certainly got the ability to do it but this is this is new territory for them at this point in the season to be to be vying for a title at this level uh, so yeah it feels it feels like a big big point in the season for them and uh, and they need to they need to stand up and, and answer the questions being asked of them jim it's i'll give you the floor bobby lynn it's his testimonial this sunday come on Speak about the man. He's what a what what a career he's had at, at Arbroath. I mean, an abs. I mean, you just kind of you almost wish that this uh, this title charge, if you want to call it that, of of Arbroath had happened a couple of years ago. If it had, Bobby Lynn would have been. You, you know for a fact he wouldn't be wilting, would he? He'd be he'd be right at the uh, the front of this because he's been a, he's been a great servant for them, hasn't he? 
Oh, he's he's been a you know a, a fabulous player. In fact, I was talking to 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 you the other day about whether or not he'd um, you know whether he's signed up for next. I don't think he's signed a, he's, a, a new deal for next season yet, has he? I mean, I really hope that um, that he does. You know, I mean, he's had a, a remarkable career, um, Bobby, since starting. I mean, he started at Dens and way back two thousand and three. I've thought for long and weary. Certainly, in recent seasons, that Bobby could have easily, very easily, played at Premiership level. Um, very easily, he, you know, he, he had a lovely turn of pace. He, he, you know, he kind of that beautiful ability to beat a man. Um, you know, he crosses a ball as well as anyone uh, in in the game. You know, um, he's an astonishingly fit boy as well. I mean, he, he works as a, you know, what, what in recent years we've called a street orderly, but you know what we used to call a scaffy, and I don't think he would take it ill. You know, being called a bin man or scaffy, he's that type of guy. He's absolutely down to earth. You know, um, Charleston boys, St Clement's Primary. You know, um, I know he blows his blows his trumpet about the fine football teams that, that, that they had at primary school. He's, he's just he's a smashing lad, and he's a terrific football player. He's a very interesting career. I mean, he's been what Peter Head, he's five, our growth now over was it Head. For two hundred and fifty games, yeah, and that, that growth, spell you know. at Balingray when they were, but, but, they oh, were that's the right, Balingray as well. The big right, money, the, the big money uh, men of the, the five yes, juniors, uh, in, indeed. But I mean, he, he's thirty six now. Um, now you know the, the traditional kind of view of that would be well, he's a veteran, yeah. But you know, he keeps himself astonishingly fit. He's a very fit, fit boy. I know he does a bit, you know, a bit of boxing work, and you know, and the daily the daily job that he's got. He, you know, he will be on the go all the time. So he's a fit, fit boy. Um, I'd like to see him kind of having another year or two in the game um, at a decent level. And I hope he does. But I mean, his, you know, peerless as a, as a kind of, you know. As um you know a, a, a player, I mean he's a, he's a right winger. He plays left as well, right winger, stroke striker, if you want. You know, what I mean, I just think he's a lovely, lovely player to watch. And uh, the only sadness for me is I think he could have no no disrespect to our growth, I think he could have and should have played at a much higher level than than he's done. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I gather his his testimonial dinner on on Sunday night is as a sellout and was a was quickly a sellout. So that says says everything about how he's. How he's viewed in Dundee and our broth. So, no, hope he has a great night. Okay, guys, well, thank you very much again this week. You can go out and build your snowmen out in the snow there, okay? And we'll be back, we'll be back, we'll be back next week to see how all those six pointers have sorted themselves out, okay? <laughs> Cheers. Thank you for listening. Bye bye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.